Hi, I'm Ali Webb, and this is what I wore when we first started pitching Drybar to potential investors. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. There were 17 women in a recent meeting in the Glamour office, and I took an informal poll. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten a blowout at Drybar. 15 hands went up, which should give you an idea of how pervasive this business is. Founded in 2010 by Allie Webb and her brother, the concept is simple. No cuts, no color, just blowouts. And the price is the same across the board, regardless of hair type. A huge step for those of us who typically had to contend with full-service salons and their sporadic pricing models when seeking a blowout. In 2020, there are over 100 dry bar locations across the U.S. and a robust line of styling products and tools available in each store and at Sephora and on QVC. The dry bar experience is consistent across each shop and has remained pretty much unchanged for almost a decade. It's a place that's overwhelmingly feminine, where silent rom-coms play on flat screens, each blowout style has a cocktail-themed name, glam chandeliers hang above, and complimentary wine and cookies are always on hand. I'd never met Allie before, but I was eager to talk to her about pretty much everything, and she didn't disappoint. During our chat, she was forthcoming about whatever topic came up, from raising millions of dollars for a female-centric business in front of boardrooms of men, how a key marker of success came when her brother gifted her a very expensive handbag, and how we both sit at pretty much different ends of the financial spectrum, yet we equally love a good sale. We also got into her divorce, her recent weight loss, and her new passion for health and wellness, all of which influence the way she dresses and the way she shops. Currently, Allie is bringing the dry bar experience to the world in massages, a notoriously luxurious and expensive treatment that is now getting democratized with Squeeze, her newest venture, which we also talk about. Here's our conversation. So I want to start by asking you what I ask everyone, which is what are you wearing right now? Oh, shit. What am I wearing right now? I just bought this shirt from Planet Blue. Mm -hmm. You know that store? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know the designer. What does it look like? It's like a V-neck like blouse, I guess. And it has like the... What do you call this? Like the ribbing? Rouging. Rouging. Um, you're such a fashion person that you know that term. <laughs> and then like little, what are these sleeves called? <laughs> um, like, like like puffy also sleeves. Also like ruched puffy yeah. sleeves. Super cute. Thanks. And I'm actually like, for so long, I was such a jeans and t-shirt girl. And my best friend Paige was always like, you can't always just wear jeans and t-shirts. I'm like, no, yeah, I can. My my style has definitely evolved so much over the last 10 years, but I do love a good pair of jeans. I mean, this is these jeans that I'm wearing today are a bit of a departure from what I normally wear. I normally wear like skinny jeans, but these are a little bit more like boyfriend. Yeah. I think they're from Zara, actually. I like Zara's jeans a lot. They have some good jeans. Yeah. I'm such a like hoarder of jeans. I have so many jeans and I'm like forever on the hunt for like jeans that just make my body look good. It, it's hard to find. Some people are better at, the, at it than others. The Great makes really great jeans too. I haven't tried them. I've seen them. Emily happens to be one of my best friends, but I was getting dressed last night and I put a pair of their jeans on and I was like, these make my waist and stomach look so much better than the jeans I had on 
a minute before them. So it's like the I dream. don't know why, but it's it is the dream. Sorry, it's the dream. It's the dream. Yeah, I always have a hard time finding jeans. Jeans I are mean, tricky. They are. Yeah, you know, Madewell actually makes great jeans too. Yeah, I actually don't feel like you always need to spend a ton on no. jeans. Like I find, I really like Zara. Expensive. I love Gap. I love Madewell. Yeah. Like, it's all all okay. over. Mother Denim is also one of my favorite denim brands. Yeah. I have to say they they make really good jeans. They do. And I I have a pair that has like a rainbow on the butt, and I wear them to death. They actually are a little too big for me now because I lost some weight, but I still wear them to death because they're just the greatest jeans ever. They're like sweatpants to me. And they have a rainbow on the ass. And they so have like- a rainbow on the ass. So like, <laughs> what could be better? <laughs> and so because the podcast is called What I Wore When, I love this theme. I love talking Thank about what you. I wear. <laughs> We are going to talk about what you wore when you raised your first round of funding mm-hmm. for Dry Bar. Yes. Um, that is very pivotal, obviously. Very important moment in my life. When was this? So gosh, this was probably in 2000 and we started Dry Bar in 2010. We had done friends and family rounds and then we did we were like basically doing a road show around 2012, 2013-ish. And for people that don't know, actually, why don't we why don't we explain in a really easy, digestible way what that means? Like I feel Raising like maybe money. Yeah, like, yeah. like what does that actually mean for a business owner? Well, when you're when you're growing, you're starting growing a business, you inevitably need capital financing to, you know, continue to grow your business. And we were kind of on fire. When we, you know, we first started and realized we needed to like, if we were going to keep growing this, we really needed like big money to grow. Um, We initially did friends and family, which, you know, while this number may sound like big money to a lot of people, we raised like, I don't know, two to three million, which is a lot of money. When we wanted to really expand and and expand our and start a product line, we needed to raise more in like the $10 million range, which I know it sounds crazy, but so... What there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing that. You know, the, what we we hired an investment banker and started going around and what they call kind of a process or pitching uh, private equity firms and companies about you know our business and what we wanted to do and what our vision was for the future and how you know we actually wanted to raise less money than they wanted to give because there there's so much there was so much potential in Dry Bar and there was so much opportunity to grow it really big so. With that, you go, Mike, Michael, my brother, Michael Landau is my business partner. And we basically literally hit the road and started pitching our business and our concept and what we were doing. And we were really small at this point. So it really was very, now I walk in a room and most people usually know what dry bar is, even though men don't totally know. <laughs> but what's interesting is these meetings are usually full of men in suits. And most of them, especially then, all those years ago, like almost seven years ago, had no idea really mostly didn't know what dry bar was. So it is this kind of meeting where you sit down and you kind of pitch what you've been doing and why you think it's going to be successful and what, you know, the the growth opportunity looks like and you know for me it was an intimidating setting because I was one of the only women in the room pitching with my brother and this was this is my baby, this is my idea. So but these guys were in suits, very serious and I was like I, I turned to my brother and was like, should I wear like a business suit to this meeting? And he was like, no, you should wear what you wear and be who you are. And I, and that was, my brother's always been a bit of a mentor to me. And that was very pivotal and, and good advice. You know, he really helped me kind of stay focused on who I was, no matter who I was in front of. So what did you end up choosing? I think because he said that, 
I was like, oh, okay. I want to wear something really crazy. <laughs> I wore, um, I, you know, I don't remember the whole outfit. I just remember I wore a sweater that was like, speaking of rainbows, it was like a multicolored, like pink, beige, and then like a, it was stripes and like a fluorescent <laughs> color in the middle. It was really the opposite loud. of a business and like suit. the Yeah. And like, I remember my hair was like really blonde and wild. I mean, I... I Clear. I must have walked into this room and they were like, who the fuck is this girl? And we're not giving her any money, but which actually didn't end up happening. I mean, they, you know, it was like, it was part of my brand, you know, it was like my personal brand. I mean, Drybar was this, you know, cool, hip, new brand that kind of, you know, straddled the fence between beauty and fashion really. And so I was really playing that part, I guess, and just being true to who I was. And maybe I overdid it a little for avant-garde purposes, which I tend to do. Did you feel comfortable walking <laughs> I did. into that room? I liked the way it felt. You know, I think that I always have liked feeling, even as a kid, like feeling a little different, taking chances, like standing out. So yeah, I did. I liked that I wasn't in a suit. And even even in, you know, meetings I've been in and, you know, talks I've been at and things like I'm, I'm, I'm always the one that's like not wearing what I'm technically, quote unquote, supposed to be wearing. I hate, I kind of hate following rules, right? Like fashion rules or style rules. Don't love that. No, I don't love that either. Yeah. What would you wear now if you were, if you were in that same position pitching, you know, now you're established, but if you're who you are right now with your first idea, what would, what do you think you'd wear in that similar situation? I think it'd be the same. You know, I think I'd probably like take it up a few notches when I'm going into a room like that to be bold and make a statement. I think that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't like playing things safe. So I think that translates into fashion too. Like I prefer to do things that are, you know, that might make them go like, give like second glance, you know, and not, not, you know, not being the typical businesswoman. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there's, you know, there's, you know, and I do want to like say this because I do think it's important. I think there is something about a very sophisticated, like amazing business suit. Um, a brand that I love is Argent. Do you know that brand? No. Oh, yes, I she, do. And she she's a friend of a friend of mine. My friend Sarah Gibson Tuttle. I don't know if you know her. She's Olive and June founder, a very good friend of mine, and okay. she's got amazing fashion sense. And <laughs> we have so many jokes about her introducing me to Zara, which is not true. But anyways, inside weird joke. But anyway, she is friends with the founder of this woman, Sally, who started Argent and they make beautiful blazers yeah, and suits. suits. And I've, and they, what's great is like, they have this one that, that they sent me that's like hot pink. And I, I wore it to something recently and everybody went crazy. You know, it's such, it's such, it made such a statement. So I think that you can still have, I love, I love a suit. I love a blazer. I wore a bright pink suit when I was on Shark Tank. I, I liked, I like that tailored look too. So it kind of, you know, like, I don't know, I'm all over the place with with what I like, but I do like something that's bold that doesn't blend in, I guess is the best way to put it. Do you consider yourself a shopper? Oh my God. You are. Epitome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, you know, and I went through a phase, I have to say, I mean, not to get like too heavy and too TMI here, but, you know, I went through a divorce last year and before that I was... I feel like my shopping had gotten really out of control. And I feel like my brother used to always say, you know, it's like you're, you're all this shopping is to like fill a void or a hole in your life. And it used to make me so defensive. And I'm like, that's not true. And then this past year when I was going through my divorce, I was like, I just don't really have the desire to shop anymore. It was just like a very emotional, spiritual, like healing year for me. And my shopping habits like chilled out a little bit. And and when I was kind of like sad and down and now I'm in a much better place and I'm, I have started 
<laughs> shopping again like crazy. I just love fashion and clothes and I wish I and I love I love days where I have like several events and have to change outfits in the middle of the day. Love that. I love that too. Yeah, it's like I just, you know, I love being a girl. I love clothes and changing it up and I love seeing what other people are wearing. I constantly take ideas from what other people are, are doing and wearing and try them on myself. Me too. That's the best. Yeah. And I ask people all the time too, like, where is that from? Where would I get that? Like your necklace. I'm going to, I'm going to go get that necklace. Totally. You know? I, I do that. that too though. I feel no shame in walking up to people. I think it makes people feel really good too. I mean, I, I encourage anybody who's listening to this, like it, it feels really nice when someone comes up to you and says like, I love that or you look great or whatever it is, you know, it's like it, it can brighten somebody's day and then you can find that that shirt or whatever, you know? I feel like it has to be real though. I hate when people, I I just have a thing where I can tell when people compliment me for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Somebody once said to me, I'll never forget this. I was shopping in a store and one of the sales girls was like, oh my God, I love your t-shirt. It was a white t-shirt that had mustard on it from the sandwich I'd eaten like a few minutes before. (laughs) Like she did not love my t-shirt. Yeah. It was was, a white t-shirt. Yeah, it was inauthentic. I I love it. And I was like, you don't love it. Be real about it, yeah. But if you really love something, like I yeah. will gravitate toward it and be like, where did you get that time? I want somebody to invent like an app where you can like hold up your phone to like what someone's wearing and, and like it'll pop up where it came from and how you can buy it. It's amazing. I feel like <laughs> where, versions my, of that have well, tried to yeah, blossom. Me too, but it's not quite there yet. And I want it so bad. I know. And like, I'm such a like Instagram shopper. You know, I'm constantly buying stuff that I see and I don't care. I know people like are so freaked out, like that, you know, Instagram. Instagram and all these, you know, social media platforms are like targeting you and they know the things that you like, yeah. which freaks people out, which I get. But I kind of love it. I'm like, oh, I yeah. love it. Send me all the cute boots. I want to see what's new. No, they it. know. <laughs> they and they also know what I Google because yeah. I find that like I've been getting oh, a lot. So I don't weird. follow a lot of like wellness people. But I've been Googling a lot about wellness and all of a sudden I'm seeing Instagram yeah. ads for various vitamins and supplements and... It's freaky. Pillows but that... Awesome. I'm Googling a lot because I have neck pain and all of a sudden these pillows... And I buy, I buy them. I know, me too. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm me like, too. I'm boom, such click. a consumer. And, you know, my ex-husband was in advertising and... He, you know, he used to get such a kick out of the fact that like, I would believe anything I saw like on TV or a commercial or an ad. I'm like, oh, this thing does that. I'm getting it. And he's like, it Me doesn't too. really do that. I'm like, but yes, it, it says it does. So it must, you know. So you shop every day? Not every day. You know, I, I feel like it, at this point it goes in like, what's the word? Like I was going to say splurges. Like, you know, every couple of like, I'll see something and then I'll go on like, a little bit of a spree. Like I literally just, and I also love when like new things and new brands come out. Like Rebecca Taylor is one of my favorite designers and they just, you know, I saw something where they had like all new arrivals and I, I mean, I went through their site and like picked out like 12 things. I was like, holy shit, there's so many things I like. And you know how your favorite designers, like some seasons you like, some seasons you don't. I mean, her season this now right now is is so amazing. You should look at their site. The stuff is so good. Her stuff is so good. And so, and then my the great, they just came out with a bunch of new stuff. So I kind of tend to like jump on things when there's like the new collections come out and I load up and then I tend to like take a break for a while. And like, I, I, I haven't bought new shoes in a while. I'm kind of due for new shoes, but I'm, I'm such a boot girl. I want to wear boots to everything. So I'm ready for LA to get cooler. Where, so if you were, let's say today, you were like, oh, I'm going to get a new pair of boots. Where would you go? Or what site would you look at first? Well, I have so many boots from Anina Bing. 
Do you know her? Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, she makes the best boots. Yeah, her stuff is super like. It's I, I literally probably cool. have like eight boots from her, and she's the nicest, most humble, gracious, giving person ever. But you're like not above like going into Zara. No, no, I'm such a like high low shopper. You know, it's like today, like what I'm wearing these. You know, this shirt was from Planet Blue, and it's kind of expensive. But the jeans are from Zara. But then I'm wearing Golden Goose sneakers, so right. it's you know, it's a mix of. Of stuff. And yeah, like I will, I, I still get excited when I go into Target and buy who, what, where, you know, I love what those girls are doing Me too. Me too. They have great stuff. It's great. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm all over the board with clothes. to everyone because I'm fascinated by this, but when you first started realizing that you're like, oh, I'm like successful and <laughs> I'm like, I have money. Like that first moment, was there something that you remember distinctly going to buy? Like your big like, yeah, I'm yeah. rich purchase or like, you know what I mean? Like that I, one. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I actually more remember, you know, so my, my brother, Michael, we we own equal shares of the business and all of that. So our like, you know, wealth or whatever has like grown together. And so he, for Christmas, probably like, uh, gosh, like five years ago, four years ago, bought me my first Celine bag and I almost like died, you know? And I was like, holy shit, I have made it. I have a Celine yeah. bag, which by the way, I think I've since sold that bag. It was like the one that looks like a face, you know? It was so popular like years ago, but... I should have held on to it because it was a, a Phoebe I know, Celine. I know, I know. Maybe I saw that. I don't... God, what happened? Anyways, but yeah. And I remember thinking like, whoa, like... I made it. I've made... Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even buy it for myself, but the fact that my brother could buy it for right. me and that I could carry it you know, I felt really cool and excited, you know, and then like over the years, like being able to like buy, I'm still very, you know, when I was growing up, my parents had their own business and they had, they had, you know, modest, modest success. And my, but my mom and I would go shopping every Saturday religiously. It was like our thing. And she was always like, she always made me shop sales. Like she's just like a sales shopper. And it, and I, I did it because it was like my only option. And she was like, you know, loved getting more quantity than quality. And I think because of that, it's kind of twofold because part of me, like there's a, that is like ingrained in me that I'm just going to like look for a deal. But then there's another part of me that's like, fuck it. I'm going to just go. I don't want to, I don't want to shift, sift through all this. I just want to buy what I want right. to buy, you know, which, you know, unfortunately my mom passed away a couple of years ago, but I know it's like my mom, my mom would be looking down being like, don't buy that. But you know, there's something, you know, about being able to do that, but I'm, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about knowing my limits and I'm definitely not shopping on like a Chanel floor when I'm shopping. Like I'm not, I'm just, I just can't. I was going to ask, uh-uh. like, are there things like, I can't bring do myself. you think twice often about shopping or about a purchase? About what I'll spend. Yeah. Do yeah. you stop and pause? I do. I really do. And, you know, and I'm fortunate that I get a lot of discounts from a lot of great designers, you know, which is kind of a funny thing as you get more and more successful and known yeah, and whatever. Yeah, of course. That's like... Then everybody starts yeah. giving you shit. I know. It's like the biggest movie stars get everything for free. And I'm like, it's you're so rich. Funny. Like, no. And you know, my friends who have like companies and stuff, I'm like, no, just let me pay for it, you know, because I want to support and whatever. But it is interesting. And so, you know, and, and then I do like promote that stuff. But yeah, no, I do think twice about, 
I still, it, it's, I think it's because of my parents and my mom ingraining that I made. It's still really hard for me to buy something that it's different. I feel like for bags and shoes because you get so much wear out of them, but like a top that is trendy and not going to be something I want to wear in a few months. Like I just don't want to spend that much money on it. But there are things that I will, you know, and like when I want something like really tailored and that's fit really well, you know, which I end up taking so much of my clothes to the tailor anyways, because I'm so short. Me but. too. And I get things taken in all the time. You know, like Reformation is also one of my favorite brands, but a lot of times I have to get that stuff like taken in up at the shoulders because I'm so short, you yep. know? I do that too. <laughs> short, short and I remember problems. people telling me that, stylists telling me that years ago, like if you really want like your clothes to look really good on you, you have to get them tailored. And I'm like, what? What? And now I get it, you know? There's just know. some things that you have to get tailored and I get things made a little shorter because I'm taller. I mean, I wish I was taller because <laughs> I'm shorter and I want to look taller, so... But then you have the to tack on like the cost of the tailoring too. I know. It's like an extra I know. whatever. I know. I love it. Like Reformation has really great sales. I just bought a bunch of stuff. Speaking of shopping in tranches, I just bought a bunch of stuff because they had a massive sale. And it was like, you know, it's their same designs, you know. So yeah. there's a couple of things I had to get tailored, but yeah. I think it's so exciting when there's a brand that I love that has a sale. Oh, like I go best. crazy. Or like a sample sale. I go crazy for the Ghani sale. I don't know if you love Ghana. I, I have bought some of their stuff, but... I love their stuff. Huh. Um, I I have a nine-month-old baby and... Congrats. Oh, thanks. I saw the mom. So cute. Thanks. When I was probably in my ninth month, and this is a pathetic story, but I was in my ninth month and there was a huge Ghana sale, like online. And I was like, holy... Like the prices were insane. Like, like $300 dresses were like $55. Oh. And like... And I was so excited that I bought, I just put everything in a cart. I figured like, okay, I'll wear it like after the baby weight. And I told my husband, I'm more excited for this Ghani sale than I am for the baby. <laughs> and he was like, oh Jesus, who did I marry? That's he was amazing. Like, what? I was like, I'm more excited for this sale. Like I was- I get it. I feel you. Than like the damn baby coming out. Like I was, it was just like, I, know. I, I mean, it's it. weird. It's weird how I think shopping is like a is a high. You got to, I mean- I do. If you love it, I love it too. And I get such a high from it because it's like- I think the psychology of it is that there's an, an excitement about like how you're going to look and how you're ultimately going to feel. I've also like in the last couple of years made myself like not buy something unless I'm so excited to wear it. Like I would want to wear it right now mm-hmm. because I, I used to find that I'd be like, maybe, and I like this, but I'm not sure. But I'm like, no, no, that's the test. Don't buy it unless you're like, I want to put it on right now and wear it out of the store. That's so funny. I always say that. Would you wear this right now? And yeah. if the answer is yes, or would you buy this right now? Like if the answer is yes, yeah. then whatever. Yeah, you buy it. Exactly. And I find myself like, I was in Nordstrom the other day and I was, I'd put a bunch of stuff, I had a bunch of stuff and I was going to buy it. And then there was like, a long line. And then I was like, ah, do I really need this? And I was like, I'm not that excited about it. And I put it all back. I do that too. I feel like if there's a long line... That it's I'm, a side. Well, if I love this stuff, I'll wait on the line. Yeah. But right. you can always tell how much you love a thing when you're like, oh, the line's too long, putting it back. Yeah. Like, I did it's not... such a good You don't need to own that item sure. before putting it back. So I know. <laughs> and it was like another pair of jeans and like another t-shirt. I was like, do I really need this? No. No. Exactly. I feel like talking about money as women especially, can be so awkward and so weird. But I'm also like very curious about like women's habits as they as they get more money. Yeah. And I'm wondering how after after you became super successful, like what do you spend your money on? Like apart from clothing, like what do you yeah. love to 
Yeah. What do you like to spend yeah. money on? Well, I mean, I think, and it's interesting, you're right, because I feel like women aren't don't talk about this stuff. And, you know, one of my good friends is Jamie who started uh, It Cosmetics and she was on the cover. Oh, I love It Cosmetics. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing company. And she was on the cover for being uh, Forbes or one of those magazines for being one of the richest women. And, and I was like, didn't that make you uncomfortable to be on there for people to know? And she was like, I did. And I resisted it for a long time. She's like, but then I started to feel like, I want to own it and to be okay for women to talk about the fact that they have wealth and whatever. And I was like, of course, like men do it and we don't bat an eye. I know. It's so interesting. I think for me, I get a little weird with it because I have older kids and I don't know. I worry about someone trying to kidnap them. I'm so weird about that because I've heard that. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we were on vacation a couple of years ago. I think we were in New Zealand and we had a driver who was had driven the founder or the not founder, but one of the family members who's now running in an outburger. And she had a bodyguard with her because, and he was kind of telling us this whole story, how she has a bodyguard because she has kids and she's had, I mean, they're worth billions. I mean, I'm the word like, not nor in the vicinity of what, you know, her, what she has, but that they, you know, they go everywhere with the bodyguard and they've had kidnapping like threats. You know, so I'm like, I just don't really want to put it out there. That is so, I really would not have thought of yeah. that. And, that. and and that that's like a real thing to me. And it's just kind of no one's business is how I feel about it. And I've been asked to be on lots of different lists about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I always turn it down. Really? I think it's one thing to talk about it like this, you know, in this forum and talk about the things that I like to do, but to put my exact net worth and all of that out for the world to see, just, it makes me really It's not what you're into. Yeah. And it's not that I don't, I'm not proud of it. I mean, obviously I have a lot of success and I've, you know, my life and my lifestyle has changed and, um, you know, I'm proud of that, but I also don't think that it's any anybody's business to know anybody's net worth, you right. know, really, frankly. But, but to answer your question and to backtrack a bit, I, um, I do think what I what I spend my money on besides shopping and clothes, you know, is is also like a lot of wellness. I mean, I you know we started this new massage concept called Squeeze. Yes, and I, it's kind of a joke because I'm like, am I still the number one customer? Because I'm there so much, and that it was always a thing for me, which is why we started this concept or part of why we started it. Because getting a massage to me is like one of my favorite things to do for to relax. So, you know, I, I spend my money a lot on wellness. I go, I get like all the face treatments, you know, I, I go to Shawnee Darden and I also go to Kate Somerville and I do, you know, every, like all the things, the lasers mm-hmm. and the, the micro needling and the peels, I do all that shit. And, you know, and to me, like some of that stuff is very expensive, but that is important to me. And, I, and it's like, it makes me feel better when my skin is like glowy and as I'm getting older, it's like that stuff is important to me. So I will spend, you know, money on that and like a lot of wellness stuff. And like I go to a Reiki healer and I'll spend money on, you know, that's important to me too. So so it's a lot of like wellness things. You know, I went to a retreat last year in Nashville. It's called Onsite where it's like a week long you totally like unplug. They they take your phone. You're like out in the middle of the will wilderness, and you're doing a lot of like therapy and healing and whatever. And again, this was part of the crazy year I had, and it was expensive. But I was like, there's really nothing more worth it than like my mental well, like health and well being. So, you know, I'm I'm big into spending money on like self care and wellness. Wait, right that now. retreat sounds amazing. Oh my I god, go. it was like life changing for me. It's really great. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's you know again. And for me, it was like I was going through a divorce and just, you know, kind of, I think, suffering from like um, 
situational depression, I would say, and just having to deal with all of that. And and so it was just a really tough time. And I was, you know, doing, I mean, I still go to therapy and do all of that stuff, but it was a really good like break to like take a step out of my life, detach and, and you know, to get some like mental clarity. And it really helped. present yourself has changed since you've gotten divorced? That is a good question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. Well, I guess I've only been divorced for a year or so. But still. And I don't do a lot of podcasts about how I dress, which is so refreshing, I have to say. I mean, I love talking about dry bar in my business, but it's fun to talk about this stuff. But yeah, you know, I think I think part of it also is that I lost a lot of weight in in the process. I was I was on this kind of path to change the way I was eating and I wanted to lose weight before my divorce happened just because I had a lot of like TV stuff coming up and I was like I wanted to lose 10 pounds and I was kind of on this mission and then I did and then I you know I, I worked really closely with Kelly Levac. I'm not sure if you you know her. She's a big nutritionist here in mm-hmm. LA and she's amazing and she really helped me on that path and and then I ended up losing a lot more weight just because of the depression and the divorce and all of that and so and stress. And so I think that did change the way I dressed because I think I I could wear things that were a little more um like re- not revealing, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like, like things that were more body like conscious fitted, you know, where I think I'd always kind of you know, wore things that were like a little more modest where I was like, I think I can wear things that are a little sexier. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, so I think that did change. And I found myself like wearing like skirts and like, you know, tighter fitting tops and things like that, that that I finally felt okay to wear. And so that was kind of a fun change. I mean, so much of my life changed in this last year. And and Yeah. yeah, a big part of that was, was my clothes and how I was dressing. I mean, I don't dress like slutty or anything. No, but... <laughs> but I definitely think I'm wearing things that are a little more, you know, body contouring, shaping. And and so I'm... And I feel, you know, more proud of my body probably. And not just... And I want to be clear that not just being skinny and I think all body types are, are good and every, whatever like, you know, works for you. You know, for me, it was a goal and I was, you know, I felt better. And it's funny looking back at pictures now. I feel like I feel so much more comfortable in my skin. And I think that's because of how I eat now that my eating is so much cleaner that I don't feel bloated. I don't feel tired. And so that is really more what it's about than than the way I even look. What know? are some things that you've cut out of your diet? Just curious. Well, dairy is a big thing. You know, I really don't eat a lot of carbs. So I try to avoid gluten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think gluten and dairy and sweets, which sweets are what I struggle with the most. You know, it's like, I love like a dessert after dinner, but I, I was funny. I was, I even did like a a silly like rant on my Instagram this morning because I do intermittent fasting where, you know, you basically don't eat from dinner until like, I mean, I haven't eaten even yet today and Mm -hmm. and it's like around 12 o'clock. So I probably won't until, you know, after this. And so I think that that they, they say there's so many benefits to that and it really gives your body a time to like do the work it needs to do internally instead of it like working so hard to process food. And so, and they say it even like adds, Life longevity, oh, yes. you know, which I don't know. I need to like read more about this. I don't totally know the science behind that, but a few people have told me that recently that I was talking to about intermittent fasting. But I just feel so much better. I feel lighter. And then I find when I do occasionally, which I do, indulge in like pasta or like a hamburger, you know, it's like not 
not the meat part, but like the bun, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just feel sluggish and full and bloated and I hate the way I feel. And then I'm always like, why did I do that? You know, I don't like the way I feel. So I think when I'm, when I'm staying, you know, really health conscious, I feel a lot better. Do you spend money on, you said wellness, but do you spend money on beauty? Are you a beauty girl? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, I spend so much money on beauty. I also get a lot of stuff sent to me um, in that in that field, which I love and I'm so grateful for because I love trying new stuff. I mean, truly my house is like a store. I have like, I have areas, like I, I, am, I have a really big garage and I have like shelves of like all the stuff I get. And I, I literally go down to my garage sometimes. I'm like, I think I need a ex- new exfoliator and yeah. I'll go and it's like sitting in my, I mean, it's pretty amazing. But I do give a lot of it away too, to like girls who work, you know, I work with and stuff. But I, yeah, but I will also like, you know, I love like the Sephora app and I will go on and, you know, there's like an eyeliner that I love that I'm constantly replenishing. And then there's like a handful of things and like bubble baths and, the Labo, like their rose fragrance mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. And so I'm, you know, I'm constantly in like hoarding in the beauty products for sure. I love beauty stuff. I, I do spend a lot of money on that. Wait, do you look at other people's hair all the time and like say like, oh, they could really use a blowout. <laughs> they should really be a dry <laughs> It's bar. so funny. So many people ask me that, especially when like I meet people for the first time. And and I, I'm, I'm truly very not judgmental about that because I'm also like, I don't love perfect hair. I love hair that's like tousled and messy. And like, you know, I was telling you when I came in, I, I haven't washed my hair in days. I don't even know how many days it's been because I actually like hair that's much more yeah, lived, in. lived in. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate really polished and beautiful hair, but I, I love it all. So it's similar to fashion. I, I really always look at people's hair. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like, you know, it's like I, I, I study it, like I study fashion and I'm, I'm usually very unjudgmental about it. I like to see what people are doing with their hair. My favorite, one of my favorite products of all time happens to be the dry bar brush. The lemon drop? No, the, um, the round brush. The half pint. Half pint, yeah. I bought it. Do you use it to curl your hair? No, I just use it to, to blow it out. It, yeah. um, but I never thought to buy it. Yeah. Like I'll go to dry bar and I like the way my hair looks. And I'm like, this yeah. is great. And then I'll go home and use like my shitty brush and it never looks as good. Yeah, it and makes was, a difference. Well, I was walking around Sephora a few months ago and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I need a new brush. And I like actually can't believe how effective it is for my hair, um, how quickly yeah. it dries my hair. It cuts my drying time. Like I have a really powerful hair dryer and the brush in conjunction. Yeah. Like it's I have like the dream really team. thick hair. It's the dream team. Like it takes me no time now. Yeah. And I think it's because of that brush. Well, what's great about that brush is it is probably cutting down your dry time because what happens is, is because it's like the hair is going in and around as opposed to like through like the middle of it, the hollow section. Mm-hmm. So it's it's drying a lot of hair at once. Whereas like a boar bristle brush, as much as those are great too, and you know, we're coming out with those soon, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't do it in terms of like quickness, you're going to get a quicker result. And the other thing is the ionic, like the, you know, the gray part, like it's in between like the flat part that's smoothing your hair right. while you're blow drying. So it's, it is a really great way to blow dry your hair as long as you're like comfortable using it. Yeah. I mean, you're probably using it in like, um, uh, horizontal sections. And if you like used it vertically to curl, it works really well for that too. But yeah, the way you're using it sounds like it's working perfectly. So that makes me so happy. You're coming out with boar bristle? We are. I went in, I think the last time I was in dry bar, they were using a boar bristle on me. It probably wasn't ours though. Oh. Um, we've been using another, another brand or testing. Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been trying to come out with a very like original uh, boar bristle verse, a version. And so it's, it's been taking us a long time, which is 
frustrating. But we also just came out with the flat mate, which is like a boar bristle, um, just you know, just to like smooth out your mm-hmm. hair. Great for like when you're going for our, our old fashioned, which is like that brushed together Marilyn Monroe kind of look. So, yeah, yeah. There's just always more brushes needed. I kind of feel like there aren't many competitors. Like there's a few, yeah. but n- none are really on the scale. Of yeah, dry bar. But when you do hear about like the concept of a blow dry bar opening, are you like fuck? Well, it's funny. I mean, in the, in the beginning, we had we had just opened Brentwood, and it was you know such a phenomenon, and we were getting just so much press, and people were so excited about the concept. And, and what's funny is I would talk to anybody about it. Like you know, I was talking, I was in the store like twenty four seven for six months. I didn't take a day off, and so I was always in the store, and I was always talking to people about you know. The, the business and had the idea and why. And I would just like tell them everything. And it never really occurred to me that like they were trying to get information from me. And I remember a couple of years, like within a year of opening that first shop in Brentwood, a, a competitor, a, a, truly a copycat had opened in, I won't say where, because I don't want to give it away. I don't want to like whatever, but a, a competitor had opened and the woman who opened it actually sent me an, an email kind of apologizing. She's like, you were so, you know, gracious with your time and you talked to me so much about your business and your business. And I just want you to know that we've opened something similar and <laughs> I stole of, all your ideas. She's like, I basically want to clear my conscience. I mean, I, I read this email and was like, my jaw was on the ground. I was like, oh my God. Like she I mean, completely copied the concept. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of people have. And I mean, we've spent so much money on legal fees, you know, sending cease and desist letters out because so many people, what's been really frustrating is people who've like taken our verbiage, taken our name, you know, Sally's dry bar, like you can't use the name dry bar, but people have tried because it's almost becomes like synonymous with like just a blow dry bar or like Kleenex. It's a tissue brand, but you just, you see a a tissue and you you call it a Kleenex, you know? And so that kind of happened with dry bar. So Anybody who's starting a business, like budget for fucking legal fees. I mean, that was something we were not prepared for. And we spent so much money and time and energy fighting a lot of them because more then than I'd say now, because it caused confusion. And so what would happen is like you as a consumer, you, you've been to, you've heard of dry bar, you've been to it once. And then you go to this place in a city you're in that looks like dry bar, but you have a bad experience. And then you think, badly of dry bar because like it, it's easy to be confused as a consumer because it looks so similar to us and we were so unestablished at that point that like who knows so that was our case there was a lot of confusion in the marketplace and that's something that we had to you know really fight against but you know on the other side of the spectrum I think the fact that there have been a lot of copycats and the ones who are doing it and doing it you know, their own design, their own creative, their own idea, I have a lot more respect for. And it's like, it is raising awareness in the category. So women, you know, there's lots of women like me and maybe you that have been getting blowouts and figuring it out our whole lives. But then there's a huge subset of women who didn't really even know what a blowout was. And so now those women are starting to get blowouts, which is helping all of us. So in in a lot of ways, like I'm glad that there are, you know, other copycats and whatever, because it does, it does really raise awareness. And I, you know, I do really want women everywhere to have access to it. And we only have 130 stores. So it's not like we can be everywhere all the time. So, you know, I, it's like a double-edged sword, I guess. And so in the beginning, it like, I was, would really like sweat it out and be like, holy shit and be, be nervous. And, but I think that we do have a secret sauce and there is something that we're doing that nobody else is doing, you know, very humbly that I, you know, I don't get as stressed about it, but I certainly keep my eye on I know all the competitors. I know what everybody's doing. I sure. noticed that the people who work in Dry Bar wear 
like what they want. Mm-hmm. Is that they a wear choice? what they want within moder- within like certain guardrails? Are, are there strictures? Yeah. It's, that it's you- basically like you know historically when I worked in traditional hair salons, I was wearing like you were told to either wear like all black or all white. Exactly. It's very like, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted stylists to have the opportunity. I wanted them to be able to like express themselves, but within you know still some confines. So it was like you can wear you know basically our colors. You can wear black, white, denim, you know, and yellow, and any combination kind of of that. So yeah, you know, they that that gives you a lot of options. Like I don't want you wearing bright pink because that would clash with the store. Right. But other than that, you know, stylists have a lot of autonomy to what they can wear. Yeah, I've noticed that because I do feel like when I go into other salons and everyone's all in black, I'm like, okay, it's so serious. I know. It's like, we're not that serious. And you know, they wear the yellow aprons, which I think is like kind of like a unifier. Uniforms everybody, which I like. But yeah, no, I like them to be able to wear what they want. No, I like it too. I think it's nice. Yeah. I want to do a quick speed round. Oh, I love speed rounds. Um, okay, so just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's the last thing you bought? I just bought a jacket from The Great, like, which I'm wait, waiting for it to get cold enough to wear. It's awesome. It's long and so chic. What was your first concert? Prince. Ooh. Yeah. It was, I, mean, I think I was too young and Sheena Easton was doing some really questionable things with the drumsticks. Drumsticks. <laughs> Truly. I was a little traumatized from that, but it was a fucking amazing concert and he's such a legend. What would be your last meal on earth? Oh, that's such a sad question, but I mean... Or what would be... Okay. Let's re- it is, that actually is a sad question. <laughs> but no, but I think if like... What's I could, your anything, effort would, day meal? Yeah. Um, definitely French fries of some sort and um, like fried chicken. Yeah. French fries and fried chicken. How do you fall asleep at night? Like how do you unwind? Um, well, I tend to, my kind of nighttime routine involves like transcendental meditation, which I do actually in the morning and at night, it's kind of how I start and not end my day. Cause I do it as soon as I wake up before I like even open my blinds. And then I will do it when I get home after, you know, more like around five, six o'clock. But then I, you know, after I get my kids down and I'm like in bed, I love to watch a TV show because I feel like it just takes my mind out of my reality and puts it on something else. So I'll do that. And then I'll usually write in my journal and then I will fall asleep to like a meditation app. There's one called um, Aura. It's A-U-R-U, I think. And they have great, like they can be like three or seven minutes. And that's usually how I, what I fall asleep to. What's the most you've ever spent on like a single piece of clothing? Oh man, gosh. I mean, under a thousand dollars, but I think I've probably spent. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, nothing. I, I can't make. Not a, that that. To clarify, I was like, oh, not that that's I, not you're a like, lot. That's all. But I think it's what? like I think it's like a blazer. You know, like I think I have spent like a lot of money on a good blazer, but that's a really good, you know, staple purchase that you have for years. You yes, know? for so, sure. Yeah, cool. Spend the money on the blazer. And my last question is: What era do you identify with most, fashion-wise? You know, I feel like like the Victorian, I love those dresses. Like I feel like there's a part of me that wishes like we could all like wear really fancy dresses that are like really cinched mm-hmm. in at the waist and like big body, like the big, you With know. High necks. Yeah. Like. like I was just, I just watched the movie Legends of the Fall. Do you remember that? I mean, yeah. that's not quite that error, but you know, they, they wore dresses like casually riding horses, you know? And I'm like, I, I love that. I'd love to wear like a Victorian dress every day.
What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Allie Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when. 